What is up, River family? It is Wednesday, which means it's our Wednesday Bible study. Here's why we do this. We want to grow together right where we are. So we hope that this encourages you. We hope it inspires you. So let's dive into his word. What's up, everybody? It's Wednesday morning Bible study. I'm here with our worship pastor, Brady. What's up? Good morning. And here's why we do this. We want to grow together right where we are. And we've been going through the book of Mark in bite-sized portions. We're getting super close. We're actually going to end chapter 14. And then that means that there's two chapters after that. But before we get started, um, just a huge shout out. Today is my dad's birthday. So... Dad, if you're watching or not, um, happy birthday. We love you. Um, happy birthday, Mr. Silver. Go Chaps. Right? <laughs> so anyways, uh, if you got a Bible, open it up to Mark chapter 14, verse 66. This is uh, what we're going to talk about today has kind of made its way into each of our conversations, especially over the last two weeks. You know, Bradley joined us last week from Tennessee, and then we've done the Bible study before that. So this is the actual part where Peter denies Jesus. So let's read this. It says, as Peter was below in the courtyard, what does that imply that the trial with Jesus is happening above him? Does that make sense? So Peter was below in the courtyard. One of the servant girls of the high priest came and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and she said, you were also with the Nazarene, Jesus, but he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out of the gateway and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystander, This man is one of them. But again, he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you're one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered Jesus had said before the rooster crows twice, You'll deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. So, interesting, you know, just kind of a set of events. It's Friday. It's super, super early in the morning. You know, Jesus uh, gets arrested around 2 a.m. in the garden. But he's already told him, like, before they go and pray and the disciples fall asleep, he goes, hey, Peter, you're going you're gonna to deny me. After Peter's like, yo, Jesus, like, I'm going to follow you to death. Like, I know one of these guys can betray you, but I'm going to follow you to death. He's like, nah. I don't know, you know. So we finally get to the scene. So what are you, what are you seeing in this, this narrative? Uh, well, I mean, the first thing I think everyone asks themselves is why did Peter deny Jesus? Um, to me, I mean, it's obviously out of fear. Yeah, <laughs> he sees Jesus about to be arrested and killed, um, and it does say, uh, I believe in either, I think it's in John. It talks about how like, he did follow Jesus from a distance. You know, to the courtyard. Uh, all, all, the, all the other ones fled. Um, but, uh, man, like, everyone gives Peter a hard time about this, but put yourself in this situation. Yeah. Like, he just saw, well, he just saw a lot of things, but he saw Jesus be arrested, uh, cut off a dude's ear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, saw Jesus heal that. Um, but, you know, you, it gives you a perspective of how how Jesus sees Peter as well, um, you know, because at some point in our lives, I feel like everyone denies Christ. Oh, um, say that again. I said at some point in our lives, I feel like everyone denies Christ. So break that down. What, what do you mean by everybody 
um, and not necessarily like because you know in today's times it's not like it was back then for Americans you know across the, across the world it's different but uh, for us in America it's it's <laughs> we have it really easy we have freedom we have the freedom to come meet up on Sundays and worship uh, we have freedom to do a Bible study on Facebook Live on Wednesday mornings yeah um, but these guys it was different from them uh, so for us. In denying Christ, it doesn't look always like, oh, hey, you know, that guy's guilty because he denied Christ. We have Holy Spirit. And so uh, by denying Christ in our lives, you know, that looks like, you know, if, if Holy Spirit leads you to do something, uh, say, go talk to a person or go share Christ with somebody. And we don't do that out of fear or out of embarrassment, if you will. To me, that's what denying Christ looks like in our in our lives, in our daily lives. That's okay. That's that's really good because even even without the prompting of the Holy Spirit to go and approach somebody to share the gospel, the question is like, how do you live when you're at work? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How how do you live when you're at home? I'll tell you one of the frustrating things for me, um, just kind of being in the pastoral world, is when I recognize that the behind the scenes. So what happens in the offices Monday through Saturday looks different than Sunday. Like, does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And, and the question for like, how does that relate to us? Is like, well, does your life look the same uh, Monday through Saturday yes. as it does on Sunday? You know what I mean? And is Jesus still the the name coming out of my mouth um, throughout the work week? Throughout um, when I'm stuck at home sick or when I'm stuck at home with the kids and they don't speak English because they're toddlers or, you know what I mean? Like, is Jesus coming? Is Jesus still the King of Kings? Is he the, is he still at the forefront? Um, that makes it a, like a super interesting connection. So you see in this story, it's just a little servant. Like yeah. it's not even somebody we know that when the trial's going on, Peter follows Jesus uh, to see what's going to happen. So he scatters when he gets arrested, but he follows him and he says that he's warming himself up by a fire and a servant girl recognizes him. So she uh, rec- she knows who Jesus is, so she's kind of got an idea. And if you're trying to be discreet in a dark place, standing by a fire isn't necessarily <laughs> the best decision. So what he does is he hides by the fire and the servant girl recognizes, hey, you're one of his disciples. And we see that he denies him. It's interesting because Peter would have already recognized that Jesus said, hey, before the rooster crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. There's no response to the first crow. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you see that in the text? Yeah. It's, yeah. It says it um, in verse uh, 68. He denied it. I say, I neither know or understand what you mean. And then he went out to the gateway. So he changed spots. He went from by the fire to the gateway. And it says the rooster crows. And then the servant girl saw him. So it's almost like she followed him and began to say again to the bystanders, hey, this guy right here, he's a follower of Jesus, right? And uh, what does it say? He denied it again. And after a little while, all the bystanders recognized. They say, uh, certainly you're one of them for your Galilean. Now, how would they recognize that Jesus was a Galilean or Peter was a Galilean? It was by how he spoke. Listen, are you are you catching that? People could tell that Peter followed Jesus by how he spoke. Galileans used an Aramaic, had like an Aramaic 
tilt or mix in with their words. The question where that becomes relatable to us is can people tell that you follow Jesus by the way that you speak? Man, that's good. You know what I mean? That, that it was how he speaks that's a dead giveaway that man this you're one of them like this little girl no, notice nothing happens until people starts to respond and, and when Peter speaks and he kind of uses that Galilean tilt that Galilean language they're like no 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 you, you're, you're telling on yourself right because of the language that you use and how you speak just to be completely reflective you know, for us, is do we tell on ourselves that we're followers of Jesus by how we speak, by the language that we use? And then uh, from there, this is kind of interesting because you asked the question, like, why would he deny Jesus? Uh, look at the lengths that he goes to. In, in verse 40 or 71, it says he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear. Yeah. So uh, I, I brought this up. I saw this in one of my commentaries. And this is what it says. It says, the fact that Peter began to call down curses on himself and that he swore does not mean he used profanity. Again, <laughs> does your language reveal who you follow? Rather, he placed himself under God's curse if he were lying to them and put himself under oath as in a courtroom to confirm the veracity of his denial. Right? So that's how, like, how far... Peter went like in denying Jesus was the fact like, hey, I'm willing to put myself under a curse. But, like that's ah, that's mind blowing. I don't sign me up for that life. Like, no, you know what I mean? Just like no. <laughs> I mean, and he was just scared, man. Like Yeah, I, I mean so many people and like the Romans they knew how to how to hurt people, obviously. And I, so <laughs> he's sitting there watching all this about to go down. And then all the people turned to him and started pointing fingers. My mom asked us, we, we were having a conversation at our life group one time. She said one of her greatest fears is that if somebody was like holding a gun to your head and they were like, hey, if you denounce, if you will denounce Jesus, I'll let you go. She said, because I'm afraid that if I deny Jesus, the Father, the Bible says the Father denies, denies mm-hmm. us, right? But then she said, but what on the other side? What happens if I deny Jesus and he doesn't let me? He still fires the trigger. Then the last words out of my mouth were, Jesus isn't. You know what I mean? And I kind of think about this situation because, you know, Peter's sitting here denying Jesus, you know, uh, and and it looks bad. But there's something that you brought up, which I think is a great place for us to land the plane. There's a contrast between Peter and Judas. Judas betrays Jesus. Peter denies Jesus. So kind of go into... What's been on your heart with that? Well, that's the beauty of this whole this whole situation uh, is that I mean, obviously Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him, uh, and that was a hard time, uh, especially for Peter. Uh, but what that sets in motion is a uh, process of restoration. Yeah, you know, because after after all this goes down after the cross, uh, Peter gathers himself. <laughs> Uh, restores himself, and then uh, whenever Jesus came, came back before he arose into heaven, you know, he he, he appeared to the disciples. He told them, I'm, I'm going to leave my Holy Spirit with you. Um, by the Holy Spirit, you know, you will be able to have the power to go deliver the gospel to uh, the ends of the earth. And uh, he tells Peter, you know, you are the rock in which my church is, is planted. And so... Uh, 
that gives Peter, uh, through his denial and restoration, uh, he starts building the church. Um, and so to me, that we should reflect on, on the, the entirety of this story is that it didn't end whenever Peter denied Jesus. Yeah. Um, but what that did was it showed Jesus' mercy, God's mercy. <laughs> and grace. And yeah. grace and how uh, Peter was still human. <laughs> he was scared. Uh, but then he, he did something about it. He took up his cross. And he, 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 kept, he kept following after Jesus and kept following ultimately his calling. I think uh, the verse that shows that Peter was in a position to be restored and, and I would say repentant. Repentant. Um, if you grew up in the church or if you've been around like some crazy, I think we need to restore the word repentance. Because we've, we've heard people on street corners shout, repent, or you're going to hell. And when you hear it only in that context, you're missing out on what the word really means. Repent means to change your mind or to change your direction, right? Yeah. So uh, for Peter, where we see that there's a shift in thought or a shift in direction, especially internally, is that very last verse where it says, and he remembered and he broke down and he wept. Like immediately... He was remorseful. He, it's, in this moment, he's super bold. You know I mean, God, I'm going to follow you even to the grave. And then when his life is literally going to be put on the line, he didn't follow him to the grave. You know what I mean? In fact, the only disciple, if I remember right, that was at the cross was John. You know what I mean? So he literally didn't even follow him into death. But what you do see is that he was remorseful. Like he's kind of, you see the, the hurt and the pain and, and, and the love in his heart. And I remember, I don't see this in this text right here, but I remember watching The Passion of the Christ. And I think in the movie, after um, Peter denies him that third time in the rooster crows, it's like a, there's a clear passage where Jesus like looks at Peter. And I was like, oh, hmm. I mean, like, imagine how heartbreaking that would be that the eye of Jesus sees Peter after he denies him the third time, and it's like... Well, I think that's, I mean, that's something I don't want you guys to get out of this, is that that's a very important part of the process. Um, yeah, we all, we all sin, we all fall short, we all deny Christ through the way that we live our lives, but we got to break down the wheat sometimes. Yeah. You know, to begin that process of healing. Uh because that just shows, just like what you said, it shows that it did feel remorse. Yeah. I think a lot of times we, we become bitter to uh, either how much we think we sin against God or uh, how much we think we deny God. And we just kind of get comfortable living in that, in that groove. Or we justify it. Yeah. So, we, like, we make the same sins and we know we're struggling, we know we're struggling, then we just justify it. And um, one of the things we need to understand is Jesus didn't die so you could carry your sins. Jesus died to set you free from them. You know what I mean? And in this, even in this moment where Peter denies him, like his, this is forgiven. God is for, This is an interesting thing. There, and I will close with this image. Um, the scripture says that God has forgotten your sins as far as the east is from the west. So think in perspective of a globe, right? On a globe, if I go north and south, if I like, let's say I'm going to head north all the way to the North Pole, eventually there's no more north. I eventually get on the other side of the globe and I start coming south. Now, if you follow the equator and you go east, east never becomes west. 
I'm, so north turns into south eventually on the globe, but east never becomes west. West, if I go west, west never becomes east on the globe. Everything is either all west or all east. That's how far God has forgotten your sins. You know what I mean? And that's something that we can hold on into this. Like, yeah, Peter Peter denied him, but Jesus told him it was going to happen. And Peter, res- like, response of remorse, of hurt, yeah, it, it's just clear what's going on in his heart, man. He, he never wanted to let Jesus down. He did in this moment, even though Jesus knew it was going to happen, and his heart hurts. And then Jesus comes and restores him because uh, when Jesus comes back, it's the first day of the new creation in which righteousness, unity, life, healing, and freedom are the the rulers of that. So, um, anything else you want to close with? Uh, my final thought is, you know, I think at this moment, Peter knew what Jesus meant by he wanted him to feed his sheep. Um, so my deal is, you know, I, I just want to challenge you guys to, to get to know who Jesus is, to fall in love with him. And then he says, if you love me, feed my sheep. Um, what that means is just uh, build those up around you through Christ. Yeah, love people. Love people. It's like Les said this weekend. The mission hasn't really changed. Well, awesome. Well, next week we get to start chapter 15. It's getting real. Um, and we man, we just want to tell you thank you for joining us. If you're watching, send my dad a text message, a shout out. He loves hugs if you see him in person. Uh, tell him happy birthday. But the reason we do this is when we grow together right where we are. So we hope to see you next week. Well, hey, that is our Wednesday Bible study. We just want to thank you so much again for joining us. And if you want to join us every week, if you'll click subscribe, this podcast will pop up right there for you. Again, we want to do this to grow together right where we are.